0: Welcome to the New Beginning Fellowship Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you're listening to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. We also pray that this message is only supplemental to your spiritual growth instead of being a replacement for daily personal Bible study, the pastor you should be submitted to, or the church God would have you to be an active member of. If you live within driving distance of Broadbridge, Louisiana, We hope that you would come to visit us during one of our services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Service times, ministry information, and giving options are all located on our website at newbeginningfc.com or on our Facebook page at New Beginning Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. Can we go to the book of Isaiah this morning again? We were there last week. And we're going to just continue in there just a little bit. We're going to the, 40, uh, the 41st chapter, chapter 41. And we will start specifically at verse 10. And that's, the, that's what we put up here earlier on that scripture, amen. Because you know what? I'm just tired this morning. And what I mean by that is just all the nonsense and the bad news that I'm hearing And I'm not trying to sit here and act like we can deny those things or try to just push them away. There are real things that are going on in the world. There are real things that are even going on in our nation. If we have looked just recently what was going in the house and all that, I mean, what a circus act. I'm sorry, but I'm going to be point blank this morning. And there needs to be order. And we're obviously seeing that the only way the order is going to come, the only way we're going to bring anything back to any kind of normality is the church steps up. Amen. And does its rightful place and does what God has intended for us to do and has created us to specifically to do. Amen. Now I don't know about you, but if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? We've talked about Joshua just the other week, the other Sunday, and what God did specifically in his life and for the children of Israel and what they were able to attain in the promised land. And you know what, I say this all the time and I'm going to repeat myself, but God is no respecter of persons and he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And we need to know that. You need to know that. I know that some of us are dealing with fear because of what we're hearing. The things that we hear a lot on the news. We got to be careful with that. Sometimes we just need to just shut it down and get into the word and get into the presence of God and put on some praise and worship music and just enter into his presence. Did he not say that these things would be happening in the last days, anyways? In the word, it should catch us off guard. (laughs) That's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth, the God that we serve. I say it. I repeat myself a lot. That's just me. He's not dead. He's alive. And he's moving within our own environment, in our within our very being. God is moving, and I choose to believe this morning His report. I choose to ask Him to help me to follow Him. With all of my heart and by his grace, we choose to hear what he has to say through his holy word at this time, and the hour that we're living in. Amen. This time is for the church to stand up and to do what she's been called to do and create. I said it earlier to do is to present that gospel and the kingdom principles that are involved in it that's the only thing that is going to change the heart of man it's a heart issue and we have the remedy we have the answer and it's by the power of the spirit that will bring that reality of the gospel in that heart like he did to us at one time amen can we say amen this morning can we say amen God hasn't abandoned us. We're not orphans. He just didn't take off back to heaven and just left us to ourselves. He has left his Holy Spirit. He sent his Holy Spirit afterwards when he went to the Father to finish this work and to be with us. Because he's going to have his will, his purposes, and his plans fulfilled. One day it's all going to be fulfilled. And you're going to remember. You're going to remember all that he's brought you through. The high waters. The hot fire. The dark valley and the tribulations, you're going to remember what all that he's brought you through. And when you see his very being, when you see his very presence, when you look into his eyes, you're going to say it was worth it all. All that I suffered, all that I went through, all the stuff that I questioned you about. And I really didn't get an answer to some of these, but it doesn't matter anymore because I'm in your presence. And that's all that matters. Is that our destination? Is that your goal, amen, to finish strong, even though we're weak, amen, by His grace and His power and His Spirit, but to know that we are obtaining something so much better than this world. And yes, we're going to stay in this world. We're going to live in it. We're going to have the abundant life. We're going to do what we need to do. But ultimately, our desire is that we want to be with Him one day, one day, amen, one day. But until then, let us tarry and let us be about the Father's business, amen. And I say all that just to get into the word. I know I'm long-winded on that. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We ask, Lord, as your word goes forward, to revive us, Lord. Bring faith in us, Lord, to know that you're in control, Lord. No matter what, we can trust you. You don't change. This whole world system changes daily. We change, but you never change. And we're thankful for that this morning. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, and I just called this the title, Fear Not, For I Am With You. Or should I say what the King James says? Fear Not, For I Am With Thee. Amen. Praise God. King James, the me. I like them both. I love them both. So let's begin with the first verse. We're going to verse 10, and we're going to continue several verses after that. And this is what Isaiah is prophetically saying to the children of Israel. He said, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. With my righteous right hand. Praise God. Verse 11 Behold, all who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. Verse 12, you shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. Those who war against you shall be as nothing at all. Verse 13, let's continue. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. Verse 14, fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel, I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. So praise God, we know we look at the context that Isaiah is specifically talking to the children of Israel, right, and we spoke about this last weekend about what what Isaiah was doing. He was warning the southern kingdom, which was Judah, of the judgment that was going to come upon them. But also, after all that, the first thirty-nine chapters of Isaiah deals with the with judgment and everything. Then there's our little history between uh, chapters thirty-six and thirty-nine, and then from that it jumps into the promises and consolation of God would do for His people, even after He had to judge them. The promises that He's given them. Due to the Abrahamic covenant. Amen. Due to what he said he would do through his precious people that he called out when he called Abraham first. So praise God. So he says, fear not. And what does he mean? What's Isaiah saying when he says, fear not, to the children of Israel? He's giving them a commandment of the word of the Lord. He's telling the children of Israel, fear not. So this is a commandment, amen? Now, do we usually uphold that all the time? No. Here we go again about our part. A lot of times, we, you know, we, we, we're going back left to the right. We're staggering, all these things. But God is commanding them to say through Isaiah, fear not. And why? Why is this command? To not fear. Because afterwards he says, for I am with you. Amen. And it's not going to get any clearer than that. If God is for us, what is there truly really to fear in this world? Amen. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to have times that we are tempted. And we do go through the process of fearing. But if you look right now in this nation, if you look at the economy, if you look around the world, there is a spirit of fear upon this world. And we have to remember this verse right here. Fear not, for I am with you. Who's with us? The Lord God Almighty is with us. He says, be not dismayed, for I am your God. Amen? He said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And it all starts with fear not, I am with you. And look at the promises of God. He said what he's going to do for us. I ask you, my brother, I ask you, my sister, what are you facing today that's making you fearful? We all go through it, every one of us. Sometimes our cage gets rattled. Things happen in our life, and we start having a spirit of fear over our hearts and minds. But we need to remember at that moment that we are not alone. Come on, we are the new covenant. Even though we're speaking the scriptures of the old covenant, we know that we are under a better covenant because the one that said, I am with you, dwells within us, praise God. Come on, we got to rebuke that fear. We have to learn as a people of God to trust God this year because I will guarantee you to the point when I'm looking, it's going to be a rocky road, but guess what? As the Lord had his head upon the children of Israel in that desert, Hallelujah. He gave them manna when they were hungry. He gave them quail when they needed. He gave them that living water from that rock when they were struck by that staff which typifies the cross of Christ and what he would do for us in Calvary and give us that river of living life. Praise God. If he did it for them, come on. There wasn't no 7-Eleven in that desert. Amen. There wasn't a Walmart where you pick up your stuff. There was none of those things. They had no choice but to trust and obey God. And guess what? God, even through their murmuring and complaining, he still had their hands upon him. What a perfect demonstration that God is faithful and He is all powerful, and He's going to take care of His people in the year of 2023. That's His word. That ain't me. That's His word. That's His promises. I'm just proclaiming what God said He's going to do. Well, Brother Daniel, you're you're taking that out of context. This this scripture is for uh, the children of Israel, really. Shall we include the Abrahamic covenant? And what does that consist of? Not only Jews, but Gentiles, right? All the promises of the word are yes and amen, and we're going to take it. He said, Be not dismayed, amen. Don't, be, don't have anxiety, even though we have it sometimes. We've got to keep looking to him. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. He's going to strengthen us and secure us and make us firm and assure in him. Amen? That's who we need right now as we hear all this uh, stuff that's going on in the world. He said, and I will help you. What better help do we need than the hand of the Lord himself? When he helps, it's not going to be just like any other help. It's going to be the divine right hand of God that's going to help us and sustain us. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, the right hand, righteous power of God. He's promising what he's going to do for us. We just need to trust him. When that fear is trying to grip our heart, we need to trust it to cast that down and say, sometimes, Lord, I got to be real. That fear is overwhelming me. But, Lord, like the man said about his demonic son, help my unbelief. And he will. He'll supply it because it's all about him. There's really nothing about us. It's about him and them around us, right? Because we're already saved. We're being sanctified. We're in the covenant. But what about those that are around us? Hallelujah, I will uphold you with my righteous hand. We are not to fear, revere, to be afraid, because he is with us. Is this not what he said in Genesis chapter 28, verse 15, to Jacob? Jehovah promises to be with Jacob. It says, verse 15, the 20th chapter of Genesis, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go and bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Right? Right? Did Jacob make a mess in his life? God promised <laughs> the inheritance, and him and his mom come up with this good idea. And well, it cost him 20 years of his life to stay away from his family. But yet God was faithful and still with them, said, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Praise God for that. Amen. Is it not this the providence of God that He provides for us? Are we gonna trust Him? Of him providing for us are we going to trust him that he's going to protect us are we going to trust him for all the things that we need that are entailed in him and his son Jesus Christ are we going to believe him for that come on some of these businesses are just they're skyrocketing right now because the Lord is with you maybe others are kind of suffering in in the things but the hand of God is upon you because of the grace of God That's the advantage that we have in this world. The grace and favor of God is upon us because of what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. Shall we go back to Genesis chapter 12 verse 3 again? I said it last week. I'll say it again. But just verse 3. When when the Lord was speaking to Abraham about this covenant, this, this, this covenant that Abraham didn't have to fulfill on his part, God just gave it to him. I said, I bless you with this. You just receive it, right? Abraham believed God and his account of what? He said, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. This is a promise from God, amen? Anyone that would come against the children of Israel sooner or later was going to pay that price because they were the apple of God's eye. So we continue as we think about that covenant. And let's go to the next verse. And what God has promised, he's going to be with them, right? He said, fear not, I am with you. And he gives them all the promises. And he shows you, look how I'm going to be with you. These things are going to happen. Because why? We are in a spiritual warfare. You are a target. Your picture is in the hallways of hell because you are a born-again believer. So the enemy is all-out war against the church. Amen? Amen. All out war against the church, and he is not taking any, anybody captive. He wants them dead. He wants them dead. So let's see what happens here. It says, behold, verse 11, all who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. And so God is promising them that once they go into the Babylonian captivity later on, that he is going to be with them even in there, but he's also going to deliver them from there. I said it last week, I think, about Cyrus, that Isaiah specifically said that King Cyrus would be the vessel that God would use to deliver the children of Israel out of the Babylonian captivity. It says, all who are incensed. Incense what? To be hot, furious, burn, become angry, be kindled. That kind of an anger against you. Against who? Against us. Shall be put to shame. Amen. To be ashamed. Be disappointed. Amen. They're not going to have their way. And confounded. What is confounded? To insult. Humiliate. Blush. To be put to confusion. Be humiliated. But it's not going to happen. Because he says, those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. And I'm specifically talking about the spiritual principalities that we're dealing with. They've always been there from the beginning. But it seems like they're really trying to push in these last days, especially against the church of God. Amen. That's what they're trying to do. But look what God is saying. Yes, and even, and even human vessels will be used by the powers of darkness. But he said, Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. Is this not what happened later on? What happened? They came out of the Babylonian captivity. They were able to start uh, building the temple again, rebuild it from the ground up, right? Be able to, uh, they came and put in the, the walls and the gates in the city of Jerusalem. And for a while there between the Testament, we had the Maccabeans, right? The revolt. And it seems like things were turning around. But you see, what God promised was going to happen, and it happened to the T. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Verse 12. You shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. Those who war against you shall be as nothing at all. Come on. Come on, people. Come on, God's people. You know we're at war. But we we have things going on in our local libraries. Look, I'm not trying to hate on human people. I know that you use this vessel's. Towards the enemy. All right. We know exactly what the source is. We see the attacks, even in our great nation. The attack against the word of God, the attack against prayer, right? Back in the 60s, both of those were canceled or pulled out. And we have seen the results of what's going on even at this moment. But yet there's still hope no matter what. And that's up to the child of God to believe that we can't push back the powers of darkness, not in our own strength not in who we are, but in the one that lives within us is the authority that we have to push back. Are you ready to push back? Are you ready to push back? I'm tired. I'm not looking at the flesh. I'm looking at the spiritual realm. I'm seeing exactly what the enemy's trying. And I'm not here to glorify him, but I'm sure not going to play around with him either. He needs to be rebuked in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb and put him in his place with authority by the church. You get sick of kids. What happened to them? The things that are going on in this nation is wrong. And the church better repent. The church better repent. If we don't have a voice to speak the truth and defend the innocent, then what good are we doing here? This is what our mission is, to push back the powers of darkness and let the light magnify itself. If we stand for truth, if we push back, God is for us, and who could be against us? Come on. Come on. You think this is the only voice right now? You think of our prayer? There's others that God is raising up in this nation because enough is enough. I love my children. I love my grandchildren, and we have to take a stand, and we have to push back. The powers of darkness, it's been too long what he's been trying to do. He said the gates of hell should not prevail against my church. Where are we, church, this day? What puts a thousand to fight into what? And what could this congregation, by the grace of God, do to impact this community, this state, and possibly this nation? Somebody's got to say it. Oh, we're going to just play patty cake with the devil. Okay, you can have some of this area here, and we're going to compromise. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. And it doesn't mean that we're going to fulfill the kingdom here either, but we need to do whatever God is calling us to do. Amen. That kingdom will be realized one day when it comes from heaven to this earth when it's it's uh, re-renovated at that time. But until then, we are to continue in the faith. We are to continue to preach. We are to continue to further the kingdom of God in in this church and in the school, too. We're furthering the kingdom through the school, through our students. And those that are not saved, and those students that go back to their mom and dad that's not saved, get to hear the gospel in some shape and form. There's ways that we can push back the powers of darkness. Come on. Yes, Lord. Those who war against you shall be as nothing at all. There's coming a day. There's coming a day that every principality, everything that has fought against us is going to have to bow to the knees, to to the name of Jesus on their knees because he is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is. He definitely is. It might not look like as much as the stuff that we hear in this world, but God is still in control. And we got to get a hold of that. He's coming for a church without spot and without wrinkle. He's coming back for a glorious church. It doesn't mean that we look to ourselves. It's the blood of Jesus that makes us that way. Amen. It's the grace of God that perfects us in that. But we should have a desire. To be more like him. We should have a desire to strive to be like our master. And let the Holy Spirit do that work in our life. That's another way to push back the powers of darkness. We're able to walk somewhere. And the light that we are children of life shows and exposes the darkness that is around us. When you got co-workers that are just so hurting. Some are thinking about committing suicide. Is our light be shining? Is our light shining when we go to Walmart? Can somebody come up and say, hey, I don't know. There's something about you, but I need to talk to you. I need to talk to someone. I don't know who to talk to. I got these problems. I got this situation. And you're able to minister to them because the light is within you. You're pushing back the powers of darkness. You're doing what God is calling us to do. Amen. Verse 13 says, for I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. And it is I who say to you, Fear not. I am the one who helps you. He repeats himself from verse 10. We know if God repeats himself, there's an importance in that. He's saying something. Amen. When he said, Saul, Saul, he said, Samuel, Samuel, when he says it twice, there's there's definitely really something going on when the Lord repeats something out of his own mouth. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. He holds us with the mighty power of his right hand. His right hand symbolizes his power and his authority. Even though I'm left-handed, I guess I'm throwing out. Now <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with left-handed people. All right? Either on the right mind or, nah, forget it. Let's go on. It is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. Who's helping us? What does uh, Psalms 121 say about this? Come on, somebody quote it. Come on, you Bible scholars. We're looking towards where the hills. Where my exactly? Amen. My help comes from the Lord. Amen. He owns the cattle. He owns a thousand. What? Come on, help me with that. I'm twisting scriptures. I forgive me. (laughs) Amen. Just here to encourage you, man. Hallelujah. (laughs) No matter what. We're on the winning side, man. Jesus is alive. You might be battling with your family. You might be battling at work. You might be battling with me. But he's still on our side. We still have his grace and favor. He's still with us no matter what. Even when we make a mess of things, he's still with us. When we need him the most, he is there for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Fear not. I am the one who helps you. And when God helps us. There's no other better help than there is in the world. Yeah, you like the, the, all, our, uh, all those that have to help people. Our fire department and those first responders, and I respect them highly. Amen. God uses them. But when God comes to help, you could take that to the bank. Amen. Come on now. Somebody testify right now. Raise that hand when you didn't know what you were going to do. You're looking at that Jericho wall, that mountain, that giant, and you're saying, I'm not sure how it's going to come down, Lord, but I'm trusting you. I'm crying out to you. And sooner or later, you're going to hear that rumble. Oh, oh, that earthquake. And you're feeling it in your feet. And the power of God is moving. And there's another kingdom that's being shaken too at that very moment that scared to death. Because they know that if the church gets a hold of us, which she has over the ages, and her authority in Christ Jesus, that these things shall come to pass. But the rumbling continues, and then all of a sudden, you start seeing that crack start coming up, and you start saying, what have we got going on here? It's something within us in our face saying, God is here, and he's about to do something miraculous And as it continues to keep rumbling and cracking, then you start seeing the dust come up. And it starts getting all this, and you're like, wow. And then all of a sudden, that wall comes down, and we are able to testify what God is doing and what he has done in our life. Come on. Whose report are we going to believe? Whose report are we going to believe? The report of the Lord. The report of the Lord. Verse 14, he says, fear not, you worm, Jacob. Why would he call him a worm? Why? (laughs) This worm that, that is being described in the Hebrew here is specifically talking about a certain worm that's of the color scarlet, red. This is the worm that they would crush. And they would use it to die clothing you hear what i'm saying listen to me that worm has been crushed as the red scarlet to use and die on clothes of people amen we are worms to a point amen we are worms between us and god there's no way that we can compare ourselves to him he is mighty he is strong and we're not even like a worm but it's been crushed and the blood has did that to the worm that we are. He says, you worm Jacob, Jacob, the supplanter, the cheater, the compromiser. He called him that first, right? And then he says, you men of Israel, which tip, which means prince with God, prevailed with God. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Who's declaring this? God is declaring it, and it shall surely Come to pass what he's saying, and it did with the children of Israel. What else did he declare in the New Testament that we can bank on? Three words. He said, and he declared on that cross, it is finished. There's our victory. There's our God. There's the one that redeemed us. If he was with them in types and shadows of the Old Testament, how much more he is with the glorious church that he has right now that he purchased with his own blood. Declares the Lord, your redeemer, redeemer, amen. To act as kinsman, do the part of next of kin, act as a kinsman, redeemer, amen. This is what he's done Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. The Holy One, Holy God, consecrated God, set apart of Israel. Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. And the world in time past can testify that God was with Israel. We know that Egypt could say that, right? Right at one time? At that time, what happened? Who the God was of Israel when he delivered them from the Egyptians? And with the plagues and everything, what he did for Joshua, what he did for King David, amen, what he did all throughout the Old Testament, he's still the same today to do for us. We have to believe him. We have to say, Lord, we can't get ourselves out of this mess, but we know that you can get us out of it, and you can help us with it. You can help us. You can help us. You will help us, Lord, because it's your church. You promised that the gates of hell should not prevail against it. You promised these things that you were going to do through your church that was a mystery in the Old Testament, but now has been manifested between the Jews and the Gentiles, and we partake of that now. You have authority. Don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let your circumstances fool you. You have the authority in your hand, the uh, the keys of the kingdom, because what Christ has done for us, right? The church has authority only because the head is Jesus Christ himself, the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm just here to stir up faith, receive it. You get into the word for yourself. Amen. Let us provoke one another in love and faith and everything. We're going to provoke each other. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to help each other because we're I'm not walking alone on this. We're walking together as a local body, right? We're going in one direction, right? We're going in one direction. There ain't many directions. It's one direction. It's one way, and it's through Christ Jesus himself and what he's calling us to do. <laughs> he's redeemed. He's the Holy One of Israel, and now he's extended that. He used them for a, for a time in the Old Testament And for what? To start a a people to themselves, starting with Abraham, and to continue through his son and his next son, until the 12 sons and then the 12 tribes of Israel, until they came in and got the promised land. And from that point, after a period of time, God finally raised them up, the the right king, to be a king over the nation of Israel, and to just demonstrate who God is. And from that point, we see the failure and all that happened. Ultimately, the king of kings has come. And was born and died for him. And now the church is that representative of him. We are to take this gospel everywhere that we go and push back the powers of darkness. Push it back. Push back. How do we push back? We stand in faith. We walk in faith. We pray for people that we love. We're pushing back the powers of darkness. Amen. We let the testimony of our lives just flow by the grace of God to those that don't know him yet. We get into the word and we demonstrate this kingdom to a lost and dying world. We walk in that. (laughs) That we cannot walk within ourselves. But the one that lives within us is greater. He is greater than any challenge that we will face. It doesn't mean that it will be easy, but he's with us. We need his presence. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed. Basically, the same kind of changes up a little bit for Joshua, right? He had to encourage him to tell him that he was with Joshua. As he was with Moses, he would be with Joshua. Praise God. Can we believe that this morning? Please. Just hear the word for itself. Let it testify to your heart and mind. All I can do is deliver. And as as mere men that we are, we don't deliver it perfectly. But God's word will do something to our heart. It will penetrate and deal with our mind. And have a yearning that what has been proclaimed this morning, what has been said would stir us up to the point that we would understand that God is with us and we're on the victory side (laughs) and we're going to continue by the grace of God to do what he's calling us to do. Amen. Amen. Why are we here? Why are we here? That's my question for all of us, for me. Why am I here? Why are we here?
1: I'll leave it at that.
0: Why are we here? Amen. You know. You know in your heart. You know, because if you didn't want to be here, you wouldn't be here. That's what I believe. It's not about transition of a leadership or those things, and they work for God's, for God's kingdom and glory. It's about you keeping your eyes upon the Lord. No matter where he stations you at, stay there. Even if it gets rough, even if it gets tough, you hang on, because if God has planted you here, or somewhere else you need to be there there's a work to be done amen and it's going to take us not everyone's going to be able to go out there some will be able to help financially for the outreach and some will be able to pray and then the foot soldiers will go out but we all play a part for the kingdom to, to be extended to further the kingdom, the gospel, right? We all play a part. What's what one preacher said one time, you probably heard what he said before, and I'm probably gonna just mess up. I'm gonna try. He said, one buys the rope, one holds the rope, and then somebody goes down the rope, right? But we all participate of furthering the kingdom. Oh God, we have the answer. We have the answer. I was talking to an insurance broker on the phone and this is to give God the glory. And she asked me, what church you go to? And I told her, and she said, I could sense the presence of God in your voice. That's, about, that's the Holy Spirit. That ain't me. And I'm telling you, man, God is up to something with us because we're participating. We're in here. Our hearts are towards him. And every time we gather together, the glory is falling upon us. And people are going to take notice of that. And they're going to say, not that we're any, remember, don't, we don't, but we're not like some special, super anointed church. We just want God and we want to obey Him. But when they start sensing the presence of God in your life, they're going to come. Because you know what, I'm going to be honest with you. People are tired of the, they want to see the walk. And not that we do it perfectly. We need God's grace. He's got to hold, right with His right hand, He's going to hold us. People want to see a demonstration of God's grace and his spirit and the character of Christ in our life. And that's us. And that's you. That's us. It is possible. We just ask him to help us. We ask, Lord, work it. Work it in my heart. Work it in my mind. Make it more real to me from glory to glory. Amen. That's what we want. We desire to be like Jesus. We desire to do the Father's work. We desire to be blessed for our families and our work. Wherever we go to be a blessing, right? Wherever we go to be a blessing because we are children of light. Wherever we work at, we can be a blessing. People say, hey, I, I like that person. They're honest. They're a hard worker. And, you know, I might not agree with them because they're being convicted sometimes, but, you know, they're a, they're a good, honest person. And that's the Beautiful testimony that we're walking in that, and not just talking it, but let's walk it. Let's ask God to help us, because none of us are perfect, right? None of us. <laughs> I could walk away from this pulpit, go home, and uh, oops, uh, an attitude or something. That's that's the truth. I'm being honest with you. We got to be transparent. But then after a while, well, Lord, forgive me. Uh, just help me out. I kind of tripped a little, and I need your grace. I need you to help me with my mindset. Uh, If you ask my wife, she can give you some pointers of uh, sometimes the way I act. And I'm like, she gives me them looks like, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do this. (laughs) Amen. But praise God. Can we believe him? Can we believe him this year? Not that we're trying to say, oh, the prophetic year, God's got to do this. No, God's going to do whatever he sees fit to do in our life. But we at least got to believe him for that, right? Whatever how that looks, however it comes to receive that, what he says, that he shall do. Can we stand up? Amen. Brother Praise God. I pray this morning that you're encouraged. We're not here to preach a happy message. or No, we want to be real. That God is with us. He's with you. Maybe someone in their heart right now is saying, I don't, I don't feel it. That's right. It's not about a feeling. It's faith. Yes, we can feel His presence sometimes. Yes, definitely with the Holy Spirit. But it's an act of faith. And Sometimes we just got to be like Peter. We're walking on that water and we start drowning. Put that hand up and say, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Help my unbelief. Lord, help me today. Lord, I know my weaknesses. The enemy knows my weaknesses. My wife knows my struggle. My family does and even some of the church members. you know. But help me help me this morning. You promised in your word right here in Isaiah, Lord, with your right hand, you're going to hold us in your hand and no matter what, you're not going to let go. We don't let go. He's not letting go. Right? He's going to do that when he needs to. You cry out to him because this is the work of the Holy Spirit. All we can do is present what's said of his word and then let the Holy Spirit make it real in your life and let him work in you and let him work in me. Isn't that what we want? Just surrender this morning. Surrender. Say, God, I know. I know I made made a mess, but I'm asking you to help me. Jacob was a perfect example. Look what he did. He cried out to God. David did. And we do too. Just cry out to his name. This is between you and God. It's personal. He's a personal God. He cares for you. He loves you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to give you the faith to believe. Because I guarantee you, sooner or later, I'm going to need encouragement. Sometimes my, my faith is going to waver. Someone's going to come and encourage me. Call out to God. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to meditate a little bit on him right now. Hallelujah.